have a lot of thoughts about the word hope, about what it is and about what it is not. Mainly what I think is what the world needs now is most definitely hope. But I want to say up front, maybe while you're still focused and listening, is that we have used and abused this word, this important word, hope, to the point that many can no longer believe in it. Hopelessness is rampant these days, but I think that's on us. We have thrown this word around so nonchalantly, so casually, we've cheapened the word to the point that it has become almost meaningless. We have confused hope with wishful thinking. We have mistaken hope for magical belief. We've thrown the word about in such frivolous ways that we have belittled hope. We have demeaned hope. We have devalued hope. On this first Sunday of Advent, let us reclaim this important word of faith, hope. A minister tweeted last night something about yesterday being the last day of the liturgical calendar, the last day of the liturgical year, and she noted that today a whole new liturgical year begins with the first Sunday of Advent, And she said, it is not lost on me that the hope candle has to burn the longest during the season. Hope is a word that should be voiced carefully. Hope is a word that should only be uttered with the deepest respect and reverence that the word deserves. There should be a reverence that comes with the word hope. Like when we utter it out loud, perhaps we should leave a slight pause after it in case the heavens need to open up and shine a beam of light down to all of our hopes. Perhaps when speaking of hope, and every time it's written in my manuscript, it's a uppercase H. Perhaps when speaking of hope, we need to prepare for a chorus of angelic voices to resound with the most beautiful chords of music announcing the arrival of hope, like, ta-da! When we speak of hope, let us be reminded of awe and wonder. Hope is one of the most important words of faith. And we should treat it with the utmost respect that it deserves, not use it flippantly or trivially or frivolously. Hope is a state of being, not a way of thinking. Some folks are way too casual with hope. I hope I do well on that math test, regardless of how much study effort was put into it. All the hope in the world means nothing without effort. I hope it doesn't rain out the ball game, as if weather is worth our hoping, knowing that often the earth needs the water more than my desire for my plans not to be ruined. I know we all hope Cam does great today. But that really is more on him than us or God. 
That's just magical thinking. I hope I get into the right school. I hope I land the promotion. I hope I get that raise. Our biggest dreams and desires may not be our best hopes. All the hope in the world means nothing if it's nothing more than wishful thinking. And some folks are too scared to hope. I hope the results do not come back cancer. I hope she makes it through the surgery. As if speaking about our hopes will somehow jinx everything. We hope that all of our children's dreams come true. We hope for world peace. We hope that the sun will come up tomorrow, even when we know that not all of our children's dreams will come true and that it is highly unlikely that every corner of the world will experience peace at the same time. And even if the sun comes up tomorrow, it won't be shining the same brightness in everyone's world. And because of this, because sometimes the results come back cancer, and because sometimes she doesn't make it through the surgery, and because our children sometimes know heartache and heartbreak, and because there are always wars and rumors of wars, and because there is hunger and poverty and chaos and abuse and suffering in all the places where the sun will come up tomorrow. Well, we've been duped by hope before, so we're not going to go down that road again. We're too afraid to hope. The psalmist was not. The God who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, food to the hungry, sets prisoners free, opens the eyes of the blind. God is not afraid to hope. Concerning the Romans passage that I read, one commentator said that standing at the center of this passage is hope. For Paul, hope is not pie-in-the-sky optimism that disavows the reality of sin and suffering as if one simply needed to stop worrying and be happy. True hope is born out of the assurance that what we see and experience, the groaning reality around all of us, that that is not the end of the story. This is hope, as the text uses as an analogy, as a woman in labor hopes, breathing through the pain, holding tight to a companion, looking ahead to what cannot yet be seen, trusting that a time will come when this pain is but a memory, but some people have lost hope and they do not want to admit it. Whatever their circumstances, financial crisis, broken relationships, devastating illnesses, unending losses, they have landed in a place where there is not one ounce of strength left to endure what is before them. For these, the promise of God is a lifeline. When we cannot hope for ourselves, the text says, the Spirit hopes on our behalf. The church endures with us, and the whole creation groans in solidarity. We are not alone, and we can still hope, uppercase 
H. Last year, I met Hope for the first time, ever, really. I had met her cousins, wishful thinking and beggy prayers, and that distant cousin, glass half full. But I had never really met Hope before. Last year, I realized for the first time in my life that hope had nothing to do with outcomes. For 54 years, I had used the word hope and attached its successes and its failure to outcomes. I had done a lot of hoping in my life, or at least I thought I had, but I came to realize that I had just done a lot of pleading and begging and wanting for things and wishing for things to be a certain way. But one year ago this month, I learned about hope. So I spent 54 years hoping wrong. I've had one whole year under my belt of rightful hoping. And what I learned was that hope had nothing to do with whether it was cancer or not, or if I survived surgery or not. Hope was not about how things would turn out. Hope was about being present in every moment, acknowledging my fear, crying my tears, allowing myself to be exactly where I was, even if where I was was not where others wanted me to be or needed for me to be. Hope looked like taking long walks. Hope looked like paying attention to the changing color of the two ginkgo trees on my street with absolute amazement. Have you ever noticed a ginkgo tree? I mean, there are two on my street, Springhouse Lane. Drive down. Don't come see me because I'm not ready for you to come see me right now. But drive down the street. The beautiful shape of their leaves, even before they turn color, turn their color. And how the green starts to turn a yellowy. And then all of a sudden, there's not green at all, but it's just the brightest yellow you've ever seen. And then, poof, the leaves just drop off. So you really have to pay attention every day. You have to go and come in and out of my neighborhood by that street, even though there are multiple streets to get in and out of. Hope was listening to poetry and not understanding it and loving the way the crafted words fell on my ears. Hope was listening to just the music that soothed my soul, even if it sent Russ into the depths of depression. We do not have the same musical choice. Sometimes the music in my earbuds had to do with the words, but more often it had to do with the way the chords progressed in ways that stirred something within me. There's several songs that are my very favorite that I've gone back to and I've read the lyrics and I don't know what it means. But the music stirs something in my soul. Hope was me taking notes on things I heard in podcasts that stopped me in my tracks. I went back to those notes this week to find one sentence that got me through some dark days. It was from the On Being podcast with Krista Tippett. The title of that episode was, When Things Fall Apart. The person speaking said, 
Hope is not optimism or wishful thinking. Hope and fear, it resides with two sides. Hope and fear, back to back. As long as there is one, she says, there is the other. I stopped on the street. I rewound that section about five times because, silly me, I thought if I was hopeful, then I wouldn't be afraid. But to hear that I could be afraid and hopeful at the same time was the greatest gift to me. But not only could I be worried and afraid and hopeful at the same time, but that it is precisely only in our darkest moments where hope, uppercase H, can thrive. How can we be in a true state of hope if fear or doubt or despair or suffering is not present? When things are great, when life is happy and good and celebratory, we have no real need for hope. It's only in our darkest moments that we need the word hope. So if you are in a dark place, today I give you hope. Ellen Davis on another On Being podcast said, It's encouraging and deeply sobering how closely hope can be mingled with despair and yet survive. There's a difference, she says, in hope and foolish optimism. In order to have hope, you have to be able to see the depth and the dimensions of the problem. If you don't shed some tears while you're hoping, you've missed the point. And with that sentence, for the first time in my life, I finally understood about hope. I hope that if my outcome had been different than recovery, nothing would have changed about my understanding about hope. It was Augustine who said that hope has two beautiful daughters. Anger and courage are their names. Anger at the way things are and courage to see that they do not have to remain as they are. To reclaim the word, I think it's important to stop attaching outcomes to our hoping. Wishful thinking can disappoint us. Hope cannot. Martin Smith says, hope has nothing in common with optimism, a cheap, over-the-counter drug for maintaining denial. Hope is not only compatible with, but actually requires a courageous facing of death, and vulnerability. Hope is a strenuous expectation of creative newness and meaning in our lives. In Spanish, because we all know that I'm practically fluent, <laughs> in Spanish the word for hope is also the same word for wait. Is that right? Russ said it was. And the truth is, we're not real good at waiting. Which may explain why we may not be that great at hoping either. From the very first thing that you read as you entered worship today, a quote. 
I'm not an optimist because I'm not sure that everything ends well. Nor am I a pessimist because I'm not sure that everything ends badly. I just carry hope in my heart. Hope is a feeling that life and work have meaning. This Advent, you will find me just carrying hope in my heart. And you will find me holding out hope for you. I hope you leave a pause when I do, just in case there's a ta-da. Hope is the thing with feathers that perches in the soul and sings the tune without words and never stops at all. May it be so. Amen.